Welcome to Black on the Scene. I'm Dee Dee Brown, back with my co-host and day one, John Gist. We are absolutely thrilled to welcome our fellow Black publicist, killing the game in entertainment, faith, and talent PR. We've got the fabulous Vaughn Alvarez, an award-winning publicist, entrepreneur, and activist. Vaughn is originally from the metropolitan area of Washington, D.C., and has over 10 years experience in the entertainment and performing arts industry. Vaughn spent some early years performing as a member of the critically acclaimed national tap dance group Tappers with Attitude, a performing arts organization. In 2006, he relocated to Nashville, where he landed an internship in the radio promotions department at 92Q, which eventually led to programming and producing in the gospel industry, working with the Word Network and launching Human Magazine, a faith-based magazine that covered all genres of entertainment, where he interviewed celebrities like Brandy, Jennifer Hudson, Bishop T.D. Jake, Candy Burris, Sean Garrett, Mary Mary, and more. He continued to elevate in the gospel and faith space, representing Kiara Shard, Yolanda Adams, Lisa Winans, and more. Vaughn is the founder and director of public relations for Create Agency, a marketing and PR firm. He oversees publicity campaigns for TV One, BET, Entertainment One, AMC Networks, We, TV, Lifetime, and more. He also talent reps Brandy, Ray J, Ricky Smiley, Tasha Smith, Wendy Raquel Robinson, and Kelly Price, among others. Woo! Now, blessed. That was a lot, Didi. Um, what can I say about my friend Vaughn Alvarez? He is truly an amazing publicist and marketer and one of my favorite, favorite, favorite people. I've had the honor of knowing Vaughn for, I think, about 10 years or more now. And I can't even believe I'm saying that out loud because it's been a very, very long time. He brings so much thoughtfulness to every campaign he touches and his passion as an LGBTQ plus advocate is completely admirable. As I was preparing for this interview today, I was trying to recall my first memory of Vaughn. And since we've had so many, my mind was a bit all over the place. But I think it has something to do with a screening in Atlanta um, while I was working at Ally Integrated Marketing, and we were working together on getting some of his talent to attend. And I remember begging him to get one of the housewives there, and he did it. And he delivered, and I was so damn happy about it. Vaughn, welcome to Black on the Scene. Thank you so much for joining Dee and I today. Yes, Vaughn, 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 welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much to both of you for having me. This is are, incredible. I'm how so are you? How are you doing, Vaughn? How's everything going? I'm really well. I cannot complain. I'm in Atlanta. I'm still kind of quarantining a little bit, but uh, I'm here and I'm, I'm excited and, and God is good. Do you, Now, do you remember the first time we worked together or first time we met? I mean, my memory is a little fluffy, so I may, be, I may be merging a different memory together, but do you actually remember our first encounter working together? I actually don't, but I do remember that Josh King connected us. Yes. That, that is what I remember, but, but it probably was at a screening. It was definitely, I, I definitely remember a screening there. And I want to say, yeah, I feel like a screening was involved in it. And Josh King was 100% involved in it too. And I remember mm -hmm. thinking, I was like, oh my God, I love knowing so many Black gay male publicists. And I was like, this is such a beautiful thing. And I felt like a little community was establishing with us. So uh, definitely happy about that. Um, Vaughn, I wanted to first start off talking to you about your journey and going back 
we got to know where we've been to know where we're going. So I want to go back, back, back in the day, right? Like young Vaughn um, and kind of just like how you started in your career. Because can you talk to us about what that journey was like? Yeah, so uh, like Didi mentioned earlier, I'm originally from the DMV um, in a sub suburb part outside of Tyson's Corner. Um, so think Wisteria Lane, <laughs> you know, Desperate Housewives, uh, tight vibe, soccer moms. Um, so there wasn't a lot of really black young gay boys, number one, um, but there just wasn't a lot of black people and the black people that they were there were very affluent. They weren't really so much in the entertainment field. Um, so I kind of, found myself modeling myself or finding futuristic vision in entertainers, people in, and on the radio. So I listened to Russ Parr and Olivia Fox in the morning on WKYS. Russ Parr became my radio dad. Olivia Fox became my radio mom. They showed me what it meant to be a black man in America, how to deal with racism, how to deal with growing up. Then, and I'm gonna age myself, in the early 90s, Brandy and Ray J did a Disney concert. And this was the first time that I saw black teenagers like performing and having fun and they were family and they were Christian and I, they were positive. You know, it wasn't booty shaking. Ray J didn't have her shirt off. Brandy didn't have her breast out. They were, these were kids that I could safely listen to the, in the car with my family, you know? So I began to find and follow them. And um, that is kind of how I got my start. Just, just listening to these people, reading these biographies, Graduating high school, I went to a church that um, had a lot of entertainers in, in the gospel music industry there. Graduated high school, got an internship. Um, they asked me to fly to Nashville to live. I lived in Nashville. And that's really the rest is history. It, it was just being in the right place at the right time, being connected, um, following people in, in their journey that I admired and not being afraid to ask questions and not being afraid to share my talents. You mentioned performing, right? And you, it, it's so interesting because of course you're a publicist now, which involves a performing of a different sort, but talk a little about your own space in performing and maybe how it's connected to how you perform as and serve as a publicist. That's a great question, Didi. Thank you for asking that. I um, have always been somewhat an entertainer. I actually thought I was gonna be a singer I thought I was going to be a, a dancer. I, I never would have ever seen myself behind the scenes. I was always a person that wanted to be the star, you know, especially coming from um, a primarily white community. You know, the, let's call it what it is. The, the black kid that can sing and dance is always called on the entertainment. Everybody's always wild by that. So uh, being in that area, I discovered the love for tap dancing. And so I joined a, a, a group called Tappers of Attitude, who actually, the singer Maya was of that same troop at the time, or she had just got a record deal. She just came out of it, they're DC based. And so um, I really just started started tap dancing. And then that led into me dancing at church, liturgical dancing. And I just, again, I always thought I was gonna be a dancer. And I would say how that kind of ties in and how I see myself using that now. Um, performing arts and theater is healing. There's something very special about going to Broadway. There's something very special about moving through movement to tell a story. And sometimes that telling that story, you're not only healing yourself, but you're healing other people. And so now when I get a client that has a theater background, when I get a client that's an artist that may be a little creative and may not, you know, tick the way I want them to tick, I understand it because I've been there, because I am a creative. 
So, uh oh, John and I are going to start uh, fighting over who gets to talk to you more. We do this every episode. I've been, I, and I've been losing every battle, by the way. <laughs> go ahead, Didi. Go, go ahead. I'm here. I, I have no time constraints. I'm good. What you just said was so interesting about how you tie your personal experiences and passions into um, managing and your, your client relationships. Also, I'm sure your corporate relationships as well. I'm curious to know, just in, the, in terms of making that transition, what was the impetus for that? You go from performing and also radio programming and how does that all lead into PR? Um, well, I'll start back with radio programming. That was something I could not have even made up. I mean, doing PR, especially post or pre-COVID, everything, you know, radio is a part of our campaigns. So I understood how to track music. I understood how to service music. I understood how to build talking points that a programmer or that a host can understand and be able to spit back. I understood how to write scripts. And then I just had all of these, this radio relationships. I mean, you work at one radio station and you'd be surprised the doors that it opens up in the programmers that you get to know because all of them are somewhat intertwined. Fast forward, then I get TV One as a client who you know is, is affiliated with Radio One. Then I get all their programmers. So it just kind of all worked together. Um, Didi, what was the other half of that question? about how it connected to you getting into PR. Like John and I always say, and we've talked to you, uh, many different people involved in entertainment, but specifically PR and marketing, a lot of us didn't know that this was a job. It wasn't, we, we weren't aware of it. There's one person that we talked to, the fabulous Sade Jenkins, who just came out of the womb, apparently knowing publicity and, and Mar I know you love her, right? Um, but everybody else, I think it, it was a process of discovery and it was somewhat okay. serendipitous. Yeah. So during my tenure in Nashville, um, believe it or not, there was a time where people did not believe in MySpace and Facebook. I was working at a record label who did not quite understand how to transition to the digital age. And as a result, I lost my job. Um, but during that time at the label, I had met a young lady named Lexi, who is now a gospel singer, comedian, television host. Um, she swooped me up after, the, after I departed and she asked me to be her personal assistant. So while I was her personal assistant, like most publicists do and most assistants do, you end up being that person's friend, lawyer, assistant. You end up being their bag handler, their travel booker, you do all these things. But even still while serving as an assistant, as, as, as a side, as an underdog, I knew that I was a boss. I knew that I was still a star. And so when, as that time began to come to a close, I said, you know what, what am I? I? I do all of these things. And there was a light bulb that just hit me. I do PR, I'm, I'm literally doing PR. I'm booking gigs, I'm booking her press. We're doing interviews. When she would tour, I would call the radio stations and say, hey, Lexi's coming to town. Who wants it to, can she come in and do an interview? So literally, Didi, there is a light bulb that just hit one day. And I was like, I, I'm actually a publicist. Like I'm doing PR. And so I immediately made the shift and um, I started my own, I was kind of my own name. So I wouldn't say I started a firm, but I, get, I began to just build my name and build my reputation and, and connect to other people and say, hey, this is what I do. You know, what can I help, what can I help you with? 
and that led to just kept opening more and more doors. I absolutely love that story because again, I think it's such a, um, it's, again, I think it's, it goes back to the point of media, like you kind of just go into it and like by default, you're like, I'm doing this publicity work, right? But I would love for you to unpack that a little bit more because you're doing the work right, but like you, necess you don't necessarily have the, you don't really know what the work is until just it kind of probably comes to you. Like you're like, oh shoot, I got to write a press release. Oh shoot, am I, who am I sending this out to? So there's a lot of kind of grittiness you probably had to experience in your process of learning this new space right so like let's talk about that like talk about the early days of of you being Vaughn the publicist and what you felt like those challenges were um I would say for me the early days and my journey is, is not really the typical journey because I moved and lived in Atlanta where at that time we were birthing of the black Hollywood you know and then I also start landing a job at a uh, strategic PR firm. Like that just doesn't happen, you know? So God's favor really began to breathe on my life. But I would say the, the biggest challenges that I had early on, probably people taking me seriously. You know, I was very underweight. Um, I, I did not look, I looked like a little kid, you know? And I guess some could argue I still do, but, <laughs> but I looked like a little kid. So I need, people did not take me seriously. They knew that I could do the work but also they didn't take me seriously. Also, this is pre little Nas X in this birthing of, you know, LGBT rights in that it's okay. So I'm living in Atlanta, but I'm working with hip hop producers who don't really respect me because most of their staff is either down low and attracted to me, or they just see me as a feminine black man that they can walk all over. And I still deal with that. I'm actually dealing with it this weekend, <laughs> but, um, I mean, that was probably my biggest challenge is people taking me seriously, not necessarily being homophobic, but treating me in a way that they would not treat an alpha male. Does that make sense? You cannot be homophobic, but you cannot treat somebody the same way that you would treat somebody that you deem as your equal or that's masculine or what so, you view as masculine. I, I love that you I love that you brought that up because so like I, this goes to my next question of like, you know, we're we're black on the scene, but now we're black and gay on the scene from what you're talking about. And like, how did you how did you get through that? Like those challenges and those roadblocks of working with people who thought you were too young or thought you were, you know, oh, he's too gay to work on my project or whatever it was. Like what kept you kind of going towards that and like kept you going? Uh, I was able to get through it. I mean, honestly, Didi and John, it's in my DNA. I'm a fighter. I'm a go-getter. I have futuristic vision. Um, again, I revert back to my, my role models, Wendy Williams, Russ Parr, Olivia Fox, Brandy and Ray J. I mean, these are people that they did it, so I knew I could do it. Um, but it's in my DNA. I just don't give up. I'm very, I am a spiritual person. So of course, I had a weekly word every Sunday, something to keep me supercharged and keep me going. But I think that I just got through it because I showed the work. The work always speaks for itself. Like you can't deny my work. So you're gonna work with me, number one, because I'm the best. <laughs> number two, I'm getting the job done. Number three, I'm probably not breaking your pockets at the time because I didn't really know the value. There's no way to quantify what the value of the work that you bring to the table is at that time. So I just kept working. And if it worked out, it worked out. If it didn't, it didn't. But also eventually I would get to a point where I would say, you know what, this person and their attitude doesn't work for me. I love me too much. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm the bomb. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> First of all, I want to also shout out the fact that like such a full circle moment, you talking about going to see Brandy and Ray J as a young child, going to their concerts, and then now actually working with them and being friends with them. Like, I think that's such an amazing journey, because I'm sure you never ever thought in a million years, I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna be working with Brandy and, and Ray J in the capacity that you are. Like, you and Brandy are like, y'all are close, close. Y'all are girlfriends. And I've been, I've been able, and I, you know, I love Brandy. Everyone listening, I'm a huge Brandy lover. And Vaughn has been able to introduce me to her a number of times. So I, I really would love to talk about like, like the, the journey of manifestation, right? Of like praying and really, and being intentional about what you want, right? Especially when once you kind of find out what it actually is you want. Because I think for me, I know at a certain point in my life, I was just like, I want to be successful and I want to be rich and I just want to have money. But it's like, you weren't really being specific or detailed in that prayer, what that actually looks like. Cause it could come to you in all the wrong ways. So like, I want to talk to you about, you know, you are in this performing arts world. You are now starting this journey as a publicist. And like, what are you, what are you at this time? What are you like actually praying for? What are you actually trying to like manifest in your life at these particular moments? I, I, this is probably crazy. I don't ever really recall praying or asking from any type of manifestation to happen or to be connected with anybody. I just lived my life and I just walked in my truth, whatever that is. And I just trusted God. You know, I think my only prayer has ever been order my steps to, you know, just wherever you lead, I'll follow. You know, I, I never really said, oh, I'm going to, I want to work with this person. God, do it, you know, universe, open up the doors, let me walk through. I just did the work and wherever my steps were, I ordered. I knew that I wanted to serve. Um, once I did meet Brandy, I knew that I wanted to serve her fans. I knew that there was a reason why we met. I'm, we're literally from two opposite sides of the world. I mean, I'm in Virginia, she's in LA. And I'm not even from like an entertainment area. I'm from the suburbs, like that just doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like the way that the stars align, it just doesn't happen for the average person. So when we got connected, it was just, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for you. How can I serve you? We met during her human record, um, which was a very personal record to not only her, but also to myself. And so I just am here, you know, and the rest is history. Whether I'm we're on the team or not, I'm here. If that means I need to hold your purse while you're on stage, I'm here. If that means I just come to the concert and hold up a sign that says, go, go girl, I'm here. Doesn't matter. Dee Dee and I truly hope that you are enjoying this episode of Black on the Scene, but we're interrupting this episode just for a quick second to ask a favor. Please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating after the show. And now we return to Black on the Scene. Enjoy. So you've said a few things that I think we just want to emphasize. Doing the work is going to lead you down the right path because you're there from a position of service. There from a position of honor. You're not doing your work, the work that you do to get on. You're there because you see something in the clients that you work with, they light you up in a certain way. And what I would love two things for you to do is one, you see Brandy and Ray J, and I know I don't wanna harp on this, but there's something about, again, this full circle moment, you see them in a concert and then you start a blog, like a fan blog 
for Brandy, and now you're repping her as um, her PR person, her publicist. And of course, that's over the course of many years, but please just talk about like, there is something connected here and you were putting something out into the universe, but like, just connect the dots a little bit about how this all. Yeah. So again, there was a time where blogs were not even really thought of. You know, there was a time, believe it or not, where there were limited, there was limited information on someone like her on the internet. And so at the time I knew that I, I loved creativity. I loved to design. I love HTML code. I loved audio, visual, flash. I loved to write. And so I said, what do I want to put on the internet that I'm going to continually update and that makes me happy? And I love seeing her face on my computer. <laughs> and so I developed a website. There was a couple others out there, but um, I developed my own. And that was something that was my baby. It, and I still actually have it. It is a, a dedication to her. It's a, a news resource. And that alone that I did not know at the time that doing websites, learning HTML code, that itself would open so many doors because it was something new. So other PR firms needed people that could do a 468 by 60 banner design for a website to promote their project. You know, it was just a, a needed resource and people that understood it and that respected the art of it, they were going to put money in my pockets to, to design it for them. So again, God early on birthing something in me that was made that, you know, I did for fun and that I loved, but it actually ended up being a tool to really provide um, a, a life for me. I love that you just basically talked about you piece this all together with no blueprint, just doing things that you loved. And this is something that I just want to stress for anyone that's listening, because um, there's no blueprint for necessarily where we are in our lives. And it was just leaning into your skill set, your gifts, your passion, and not letting challenges sort of, you know, that everyone faces in some way, but certainly black and brown folks face in a, in a, in a much more intense way. And of course, black and queer, um, you know, it's, and gay, like, it, it, it's, it's many things that people could say could hold them back, but you doubled down on your strengths, your passions, the things that lit you up. So kudos to you. And it's so important to continue to do that because it lights the way for others. And I'm curious to know through this journey, as you're figuring it all out, how are you taking care of yourself? Like, Again, financially, did you have to have a, 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 a job waiting table somewhere? How are you navigating just learning all of this and really being able to dedicate your time and energy to also figuring out the craft and working on the craft? Because it's a lot of work to work in PR and marketing. Yeah, definitely early on, I worked multiple jobs. I've waited tables, I've worked at Starbucks, I've uh, worked at a movie warehouse early on. Um, checking in and out VHS tapes. I mean, I, early on, I definitely had two jobs. Um, there was a time where I didn't have a job for a whole year, but I had savings. And I was working bending tables with uh, Shirley Ralph. That was kind of helping put money in my pocket. Um, and then I took a job at the CDC for six months. And I was just like, no, this is not for me. You got to figure it out, God. Like, I got to get out of here. So once I took that leap of faith, um, I just started putting money aside, I, I knew that I didn't ever want to go back 
to feeling broke. I didn't want to go out with my friends like Jonathan Gist and sit at Chili's and have to get the burger and, you know, a water because that was $15. And I knew that that would not break me. While everybody else got the appetizer and everything else, I knew that I did not want to go back to that type of lifestyle. So I just began to work. I began to stack my money. I would live underneath my means. There were times where I would have on all black, like you go back and look at early pictures, I had on a black pair of jeans and a black shirt because I knew that black was going to be acceptable wherever I went and I could not afford a new outfit every time I went. But if I came in that black, I was gonna be okay. Uh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I'm just bubbling over. John and I are going crazy in the chat with all of this. Like, you don't, I just got goop, goosebumps with you saying you were like, okay, I'm still doing this. I may not be able to afford the things I'm affording right now, but I've got the futuristic vision is what you said. And you just like hacked it in a way that was just so inspiring and I think we all have those little hacks that we've done over the years but sometimes those and this is why John and I do this because we want people to know yes we're all at a certain point in our career but we were hacking it with the all black but still looking chic and fabulous and putting it forward we were I waited tables John did things that he wouldn't necessarily you know we call it want to do but you do what you have to do to get yourself to the to the next point so that's mm -hmm. why i'm sorry we were just bubbling over no you're good <laughs> no I, I love that too i mean i think I, I think too i want i want to talk about like that as well as like how your faith was combi combined into that like Vaughn, for everyone listening is so spiritual he invites me to church every single sunday and yeah. <laughs> and um but i want to talk about that the, the, your faith though and, and how that has truly helped guide your steps in this career and, and, and really kind of kept you going to a degree right of, of 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 um you know those moments of being down you know saying a prayer and, and manifesting and everything and really you know being intentional about what you're looking for i want to talk about that because i think it's so important for whatever people's religions are, just having some foundation of a spirituality and faith really helps to help navigate you. And especially in this crazy career that we're in and these ups and downs that we've been in, it could be from prayer, it can be from uh, meditation or whatever medium it is. But like talk about for your own personal journey, what that faith walk has been like. It's been very simple. The word says, the word is very, very clear. All things work together for good. And that's, that's the short version for those who are called and believe. So I know that I'm a believer. I, I know that God is real and I know I'm called. So it literally does not matter what else is going on. All things are going to work together. So I don't have a job right now, but all things are going to work together. This person talked about me. This person is mad at me. This client is acting crazy. All things work together. You know, I didn't get the, the job. All things work together. That That is literally the definition of how my faith walk has been impactful in my career. Because it doesn't matter what's going on, it's always going to work out for my good. And it always has. And that is the honest to God truth. And if you don't have that faith being the entrepreneur that you are, you could not get through that because the process of discovery and also managing 
multiple clients, including doing the work and getting the pipeline set up for the next project. I was never really great at that when I was self-employed. And I commend you for what you have been able to build being, and I would love for you to just explain those skills that you think helped you along with being able to maintain this entrepreneurial journey in terms of resources, skill set, process, how you manage your calendar, anything that's super tangible that folks could take away from, from your journey. Yeah, I can definitely run through um, some of those things. And please know, I don't always get it right. I'm learning every day. I'm learning a new skill. I'm learning a different way to execute every day. But some of the little things that have helped me um, as it relates to working with women, especially in this business, you work with a lot of actresses. For me, a lot of women singers is I learned the language of each woman. Each woman is different, you know, and also just being a gentleman, you know, that has really helped me execute press days, um, how to protect people, um, how to just anticipate their needs. So as it relates to personal PR, just learning how to anticipate people's needs. Um, staying abreast of technology has really helped me because it helps increase the productivity of my day. So whether that's using an iPhone or the latest gadget um, that helps me with my calendar, but staying abreast of the latest technology. I watch the news every single day. I wake up, I watch HLM Morning Express. I know some people may find that morbid and weird, but I can't call myself a publicist if I don't know what's going on. So I'm up at 6 a.m. every day like clockwork, Monday through Sunday. I watch HLN Morning Express with Robin Mead. Then I kind of uh, listen to my favorite podcast. It's information in my head that I'm learning about culture, about the day, about how things are moving. Um, I also try to maintain great relationships. I'm patient with people and I'm not always, I don't always get it right. But I, I learned that when I'm doing an event, just because someone may seem a little annoying at the event, you don't know where that person's gonna land. <laughs> like they can end up being the next editor that you're talking to. Um, or just being patient with people, like just learning that everybody is on a journey somewhere and they're all either trying to get to where you are, um, but it never hurts, like we're not that busy. You can stop and talk for, for 35 seconds, like it's, it's okay. Um, the, understanding the, the relationship portion of this business has been very, very impactful um, to me and not necessarily saying everybody has to be your best friend, but just being good like just being good to people. <laughs> like, like that is the, honestly, and being a man of integrity. If you say you're gonna do something, do it. Don't talk about people behind their backs. Like, like there's a way that you can, you know, express how you feel without being harsh in your tone. Um, you can be, you know, I, like I talked about earlier, I have to be somewhat assertive without being overly aggressive, but also letting and setting a, a tone that you're not going to walk all over me, you know, and finding that balance that also is keeps me comfortable and protects me. Um, no, not traveling alone. I don't go into a lot of meetings or conversations or spaces alone, not just because of safety, but also it allows a, a covering over me so that if I find myself in a situation, um, you know, I, I have someone that has my back. 
I, I you know, Didi and I, we we all have touched the world of public relations and being a publicist. Um, and I feel like uh, from a from an outwardly perception perception, people always feel like being a publicist is you know you're on these red carpets, you're at these cool events, you're working with these great celebrities, which is a part of the job, right? Now I'm not gonna you know negate that, but there's so much more that we do. Publicist is really not even the right title to call what we do because we are a hybrid role of everything. A lawyer, a manager, an agent, uh, we event plan, we, you know, we're a babysitter, we are everything else, an assistant, we are everything else under the sun for that. So I want to, I want our listeners to understand and really truly understand your day-to-day and what you do across all the brands, across all the uh, personal publicist clients, because mind you guys, he's working on TV shows and movies, but also working on personal publicists for talent mm-hmm. and celebrities, gospel shows. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So Vaughn, a typical day looks like what for you? Wake up, news, coffee, so maybe find a little prayer in there. And actually, Didi asked me about self-care earlier. I didn't really address that. That is something I'm working on. Um, that has always been a struggle for me not working out like I should, picking up the weight, especially during COVID when we're kind of picked up. Um, self-care is probably the thing that I struggle with the most. I find myself putting my clients and other people before me in a health perspective because I'm so busy trying to get the work done so that I don't have to go back to not being able to afford the sandwich that we talked about earlier. So uh, a typical day is get up, get on these emails. These emails never stop coming through. Um, I may do a check-in from time to time with the team or with the client, but it's really, um, we usually are working on some sort of campaign. So that's uh, drafting a pitch and maybe reviewing a screener and maybe reviewing um, some sort of music that I have to review, uh, maybe e-blasting on constant contact to all of my contacts. Um, but most of the time it's going to involve writing a pitch, drafting it, getting it out the door, waiting on the responses, then starting to build the schedule. Then while you're doing all that, you have people calling you with emergency 911s. Oh, there's a, uh, someone broke the radius clause in the contract. You gotta go through that, you gotta fix that. You know, you may be checking IGs, you may be posting social content. Um, lately in the midst of that, I find myself having these conversations with clients that are really just about morals and about values and about why you can't post this on your page because you're a gospel artist and that's insane. <laughs> you know, I'm finding myself post COVID where everybody just has all of this free time and we're just inundated, you know, clients are now a little bit more loose with what they say. So I'm finding myself in these conversations where I'm having to um, really just kind of explain life and how you have to be careful of what you say. So I'm, I'm stopping my day to have those conversations Then I may have lunch, then I may pick back up. Okay, gotta look and see who responded to this, gotta work on this schedule, then, a lot. Now, lately, we're having screenings. So now I'm stopping my day. I'm going to pick up a red carpet or I'm checking with vendors. Hey, you're going to be here at this time? Cool. Okay, is this going to be set up right this time? Cool. Oh, you forgot this? Oh, let me run the target. I got to get placards and tape and scissors and boom, boom, boom. So then I'm at the screening. Then I'm at the screening. I'm running the carpet. We're getting everybody together. I'm passing out business cards. I'm still got to find time to grab something to eat in the midst of all of that. Uh, it, just, it just never stops, you know? While still at the event, you've got people calling you, you know, you may be connecting, executing the press that you set up. So now I'm driving and doing a three-way call where I'm connecting the dots and the interviewer and all that, then 
sometimes I have to record it. So then when I get back, I have to send the file to the journalist. So it's, it's just constant nonstop movement. Oh, it's, it's, it's nonstop and it never ends. Yes, Didi and I can definitely attest to that. <laughs> we always say our text message, our chain is like, it never ends. One thing begets another thing, begets another thing, begets another thing. Um, we are going to wrap with just two more questions for you. And this question I know is so important as to who you are and what you do and being just so led to make a, a change in the world and that's your activism. And I mentioned that earlier in your um, intro that you are an activist and I want folks to know what you're an activist for and how they can help. And then we're gonna let John take you out, take us out with the last question. Okay. Um, I would say, you know, for me, I was dramatically impacted uh, about three years ago with the death of my friend. She was a transgender woman. Um, she was murdered in Atlanta and she was murdered because she was trans. And the guy that she was dealing with um, had experienced what we call trans shock, um, which I could really unpack all of that and behind that, but trans shock. So I did not realize how much the transgender community had been a part of my life from leaving high school to now until that moment where I was like, trans women have always protected me. They've always provided for me. They've always looked out for me. And so when that happened to me, I decided that I was gonna make sure that I do whatever it takes to protect um, trans rights, but not just trans rights, the rights of all people, the rights of LGBT people, you know, black people. But for me, what hits home the most is obviously gonna be LGBT rights, but trans rights. And so how people can help is, is just, share the love, be inclusive, you know, don't judge, don't um, say and, and write things that are not loving of all people, you know, be open to understanding that everybody doesn't see the world that you see it, you know, and, and continue to spread that message of hope. So yes, money is great. You know, you can give to whoever, to all the organizations, but nothing speaks and, and moves the needle more than action real life action in which you are spreading a message of love. Vaughn, you are a light. You shine so bright. Your sweet smile, your energy, your love, you can tell that you are spiritually and divinely led in the things that you do and how you talk and connect and, and with people. And I just am, just overjoyed and trying not to cry. <laughs> John has been like, girl, you are like waterworks over here all the time. But um, this conversation has really let me up, lit me up. And I know it lit John up because he, his dog is also barking somewhere in the background. <laughs> so I'm gonna take this question. So Vaughn, you know that John and I started this endeavor um, black on the scene because we wanted to talk to our friends and loved ones in the industry because we know what you do to hold us down because representation matters and it matters comprehensively across the world but certainly entertainment because that's often the first time we sort of see ourselves and if we don't see it how do we know we can be it right talk to us 
as we wrap about just share your love letter to black entertainment, which is what black on the scene is for John and I, we would just love to hear your love letter for black entertainment and what it's done for you and continues to do. Um, black entertainment has helped mold me into the man that I am. It has helped provide me the lifestyle that I have. Um, it's helped feed my dream. It's helped birth vision in me. And it's also helped me help other people reach their dreams and execute their visions and connect the dots. And so I say to Black Entertainment, let's continue to do that. But while we're doing that, let's not forget where we come from. <clears throat> and let's also show each other love. We need to show each other more compassion, more love for each other, more grace. We oftentimes want people to forgive us and accept us for things that we haven't even accepted about ourselves. So let the things that we want people to, to accept in us, the mistakes that we made that we want grace for, let's extend that to our brothers and sisters. That is such a beautiful closing, Vaughn. I also want to call out, Vaughn and I were texting earlier this week, and I was looking through my text message to find out what it was. We were texting about a, a situation, and he said, but God is in control. And that really just stood out to me as just a continuous mantra to have in my life of just saying God is in control. It will figure itself out and everything will be fine. And with that, Vaughn, thank you so much for joining Didi and I today. You have brought such a fresh perspective on life and your career and your journey. Didi shed a tear, I believe. So now it's really, it really hit home because that's, that's the indicator there. And we truly appreciate you. We really do. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for being honest. And thank you for opening yourself up to, to Didi and I for Black on the Scene. And with that, guys, we wrapped up another episode. We love you and we will see we you next you. time. We love you. We see you. We thank you. Thank you guys thank so you. much. John, this conversation with Vaughn warmed my heart and my spirit. Vaughn shared so much of himself and was so vulnerable. From expressing his love of performing, being creatively and divinely led to serve and spread love while always keeping the faith, he just lit me up. Yes, Dee Dee. Vaughn's activism in the Black LGBTQ plus community and the world overall, plus his entrepreneurial skills as founder of the Create Agency, really shows that we make time for things that are important to us. We appreciate Vaughn for all that he does to shine a light on Black entertainment, having faith, and leading with an open heart. Please remember to subscribe, leave us a rating, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Black on the Scene. Be okay on the S-C-E-N-E. -E.